everybody in the church healed. Everybody ready for it? You going to use your faith with me? I don't believe you have to die of sickness. I don't believe you have to have all of them aches and pains all your life. I don't believe you do. So I'm going to get in the word day. We're going to get in the word day, and we're going to deal with this. And um, we're, we're going to put a whole lot of devils on the run. Are you all ready? I believe, I believe the word always works. Now, get your Bibles, 1 Peter 2.24. Turn the page. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were. Before I get started, let me, let me, let me make a statement here. I, I am aware that we've had people who have prayed and stood on the word and it didn't work. That doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean they were bad. It just means they're wrong. Understand something, I, and, I, and I understand it. If, if I pray for a thousand people to be born again and they don't, salvation is true. Just what, what all the people you pray for has nothing to do with truth. If I pray for you to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't speak in tongues, Bible's true. I'm not changing, we don't change the word of God because you, you didn't get it. We, Brother Hagin said this, he said this, I would have to go to churches sometimes three weeks or more. And people, would, there was always people there. And this was back when he was trying to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. They, all of them, all of them were waiting on God. He said it'd take me three weeks, sometimes four weeks, sometimes five weeks to get the chronic ones filled. They're not waiting on God. They're, they, they're ignorant of the Bible. But he said, now, honey, don't leave. Just sit in the meetings, listen to the Word of God, and when faith comes, you'll know it. And the people would sit and listen to the Word of God. And I'm going to say this to you. Some of you, you just need to hear the Word of God. Now, understand, you think that, you think, well, I believe I'm in faith, or I think I am. Well, you'll know. So we're going to go over this today, and, and I'm going to show you not only what, I'm going to show you how to make faith work, and I'm going to make it simple. So anybody can do this. We will have people get up today and walk out healed. You came in sick, you're going to go home healed. We have people who walked in that are sick, and you will begin recovering today. And you will not put up with that anymore. Now, that's according to your faith. Well, we're gonna, but we're going to begin because I'm, I'm going to go. If Jesus died to give something to you, you should have it. And I'm going to make sure that you do. Amen? So 1 Peter 2.24, I'm going to read it again. Himself took your sins in his own body on a tree. Himself. He did it. He took it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do it. He did it. Himself took your infirmities in his body on the tree. You having died to sin... Live for righteousness by his stripes you were. You were. Not going to be, you were. All right, now, now I, want, I want to tell you a story because, because the Lord used, he used this to teach me something about walking by faith. You know, so, sometimes I read books and stuff and, it, and I, I don't grasp it. I don't get it. But the Lord shows things to me or he shows me how something works. And sometimes you'll use something that happens in life with me. And I'm going to tell you a story of something that happened to me uh, several years ago. And the first service enjoyed my story, so the second service will enjoy my story. 
So I'm going to tell you the story because stories, you don't forget them. You may forget scriptures, but you won't forget the story. That's why Jesus told parables. So, so when, I, when I was a boy, I had a friend named Howard, Howard Branch, and his mother and, and his brother Bob and, and Howard, they shot archery. Now, when I say archery, we're not talking about Walmart bows. I mean, these were like nice bows. Well, I didn't have no bow. So I would go up to Howard's house, and they would bring this big hay bale out, and we would take all the arrows and shoot them and shoot them and shoot them. And my mother started realizing that I really enjoyed that. I loved shooting a bow and arrow. And so one day she took me, you know, my mother didn't have a lot of money. For her to sacrifice like she did, it was a big deal. But she took me to a man's house named Dan Quillian. And I walked in and there's bows all over the walls and I feel like I'm in a candy store. And this is the boy that I started, I was making my own bows and arrows out of sticks. I made everything. If I didn't make it, I didn't have it, you know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I had made my own skateboard. I'd use my sister's skates. Took a hammer and beat them flat and put them on the bottom of a two-by-four, and that's a skateboard. And just, you want something as a kid, you make it, or you don't have one. So, so my mother buys me this really nice bow and arrow. Boy, God, I love that thing. I shot that thing my whole boyhood. When I got born again, I thought, that, well, I can't shoot this anymore. I'm a Christian now. The whole world's going to hell. I can't do this. Well, I finally found out that my stopping doing anything doesn't have anything to do with whether you go to hell or not. So, so, so after I got born again and started pastoring, I picked a bow and arrow back up again. Now, now let, me, let me tell you, there's two kinds of bows and arrows. There's the kind that have wheels on them like an ox cart. Never mind. All the men in here that know what I'm talking about. And, and it's one of them bows that you, you kind of pull on it, it breaks over. And it has sights on it and pins on it. And this is how they do it. They have a little rangefinder, and they climb up in a tree because all this jerking around in movement, the deer will see you. And, they, and a deer comes up, and they pull this little rangefinder out, and they put it on the deer, and, go, and it has a little number that says 32 yards, and you take it and put it back in your backpack, and you put it in there. Let me see, number one is 10 yards, and, two, and number three is 30 yards. And you have to draw back and, and find the deer and hope he stops. And, you know, I just never have been excited about sitting in a tree all day, especially since I like to sleep. Wake up on the ground, that ain't good. And, I, and so I've always had a great desire to shoot a deer on the ground. But a deer, they kinda, they're kind of smart. They have a real good nose. They've got real good ears. And they've got real good eyes. And you just don't go sneaking up real close to a white-tailed deer. I mean, they kind of know you're there. So anyway, having said that, I got this crazy idea that I'm going to shoot one on the ground with my longbow. Now, let me tell you about a longbow without the wheels. Anybody play basketball? Have you ever taken a ball and thought, how far is it? Never mind. Y'all are so quiet, I'm afraid. <laughs> let me change it. You pick up a softball. Have you ever thought, pull your rangefinder out? 27 yards. Put your sight on your softball. Do you do that? You don't do that. So how, how does it work? Your brain tells you, and you do it automatically. If you play enough, 
your, bo- your brain and your body begin to work together. The thing about shooting a longbow is that you can actually do this. You see something, you go, that's it. Very quick. Don't have to aim. You don't even have to think. And if I can say it humbly, and I can't, I could hit anything. If I saw it, I hit it. When I shot tournament, my favorite target was the running pig. And they put him on a bungee cord, and they put him down in the woods, and you stand there, and they go, what's this target? And all of a sudden, this pig's come, and you're supposed to draw and shoot it. Oh, everybody misses it but me. I already figured out, put it right on the kill, pulled in front of the pig four inches, and let go. That arrow meets that pig, and everybody goes, hey, come, Morgan, you're good. And I went, I told you. So I've always had this desire to shoot a, a, a buck with, with, my, with my bow and arrow. Just, just a wild thing I've wanted to do. And you have to understand, if you hang around me long enough, I am a little bit wild. Lisa says I have four boys, and she's serious because I never grew up. Anyway, one year I'm looking through a magazine, and I see a T-shirt. And there's this guy standing in the woods with a longbow, and there's a buck about here to that door facing away from him, and the deer doesn't see him. And he turns and puts an arrow in that deer, and I'm like, Shonda, I want that T-shirt. And I bought me one. And, and, and I started wearing it. And I even told the first group, I wish that I hadn't worn it so much because I wore it out. You ever notice you keep putting stuff in the washing machine, everything on that goes away? Yep. And then it turns into threads. And anyway, I don't know where that shirt is today. I wish I'd have kept it. But I, 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 I bought that T-shirt and everywhere I went, when a tournament or whatever, people say, I like your shirt. And I said, this is me. Say, this is me. Now, I wasn't trying to use my faith. I was about half messing around and about half serious. Because, you know, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. So I, I, I wore that shirt, and every time anyone asked me anything about it, I'd say, <laughs> that's me. That's me, baby. That's me. I must have done this for three quarters of a year. That's me. We have some friends that have a dairy farm up in Wisconsin, and... um I got invited up there. The first year I went, I took my shotgun and killed a big old buck. Good Lord. Nothing like a Florida deer. These things are horses with antlers. It took me and Josh and Justin and Jordan to drag that deer out. It, after we gutted him, he weighed 250 pounds. I mean, that fed us for six years. No, not really. really. Anyway, it was huge deer. And uh, I loved going up to Wisconsin to go deer hunting. One year I went up and I decided I'm going to take my bow. Well, I was doing what everybody else does. I got my tree stand and, and I've got to walk all the way around the dairy farm and sneak into my tree stand from behind 
because if I walk to it, the deer will see me and they'll smell me and they'll smell where I've been and I can't do that. So every morning at 5 in the morning, it's black dark outside. I'm walking around the dairy farm all the way down the road, all the way down the other road and sneaking in my tree stand from the backside. And when I do, I'm walking through a patch of oaks between two cornfields about the size of this sanctuary right here. And every morning in black dark, I climb the fence, enter those oaks, and all of a sudden I hear a deer <laughs> leaving. Well, ain't nothing I can do about it. I can't even see him. And I go to my tree stand, and I sit there, and I see nothing. I get down out of my tree stand, and I come back. I did this for three days in a row. I didn't see nothing. One evening on the way back, I, I started thinking, every morning I bust a deer out of here. And I went down to a little pond, and I say pond in Wisconsin. And y'all need to understand, they don't have lakes up there. They have mud holes. If anybody's in Wisconsin, you know what I'm talking about. And there was a chair sitting there, and I grabbed that chair and headed right back in that little patch of woods, and I sat down in some, uh, in some bushes. I don't know how to explain this, but I took my knife, and I cut all of the weeds around, and I set that chair down, and I just kind of, sat there and started watching. And there was a rub there. All you people that understand deer hunting, y'all know what I'm talking about? There's a rub where they scrape it and then they put their footprints so all the ladies will know, baby, I'm here. And so there's this rub and I'm sitting there watching that where that deer has been rubbing and where he's put his little foot. And I mean about a half an hour, 45 minutes before dark, I look up and there's a little buck standing in that rub. And, and, and you understand, now my head, I'm sitting in the chair, you can, the wood, the bushes come up to about here. Well, he can he see me if I move. So I, I have to go, oh, shoot, I got to go. So I got out of the chair, and I got down on my knees, and I'm not going to do that for you all right now, because, but when I'm on my knees, I can't see. And so while I'm down, I, I, I push up. Oh, there he is. And I get back down, and my knee, my legs are smoking. I can't stay halfway up for very long. And so I drop back down, and after a moment, I pushed up to look at him, and he's gone. And I immediately said, in Jesus' name, where's my deer? In the name of Jesus, where that's my deer. I'm gonna, that's my deer. And then I claim that deer. Name it, claim it, blah, blah, blah. That's my deer in the name of Jesus. I have that deer. And I'm standing there in the woods, and all of a sudden I hear a crunch, crunch. And I turned, and he's right there looking away exactly like the T-shirt. And I'm standing there with a longbow exactly like the T-shirt. Stuck him. I went, yeah. And then it dawned on me. I've seen this before. And all of a sudden, God went, see? Now, let me ask you this. How did God get that deer to do exactly what my T-shirt did? I don't know. And guess what? I don't care. <laughs> he never said I had to make it happen. All he said was that you have to believe it. Do you all listen to me? That 
for that to happen, and I don't mean that I shot a deer on the ground. I shot it exactly. In my T-shirt was a tree. In real life, there was a tree. The way he was angled, the T-shirt, exactly like the T-shirt. Now, what was, the, what was the point? Every time I showed someone my shirt, I said, that's me. Yeah. Where are we going? 1 Peter 2.24, I want you to say, that's me. See, God needs your imagination. Faith is the substance of what you hope for. It is the evidence of what you can't see. You see, God has something to say about it, and the world has something to say about it. But what did God say, and can he get you to see it? The Bible should paint for you. What image do you have when you read this? He bore my sin in his body. I, having died to sin, I'm living for righteousness, by whose stripes I'm not going to be healed. I'm not trying to get anything. He already got it. Now, what that's supposed to do is supposed to paint a picture on your soul. When you look at that, you should say, I'm the healed. That is faith. Now, how God got that deer there, that chair, that tree, is not my concern, but it worked. I have found that's not the only place it works. You say, well, I'm, I, the doctor said, I, I, I understand. But for some reason or another, I just don't think the doctor can override what God said. I'm going to read something out of Kenneth Hagin's Bible. Uh, this is a Bible, and he has his notes in here. I want to, show, I want to read something to you. This, this little piece of writing right here has helped me immeasurably with using my faith all of my life because I've been in situations where it didn't look good. You're not going to make it. In our past lesson on faith, we have learning that faith is not something which we have as much as it's something we do. We've seen faith is not hoping that we'll see the answer in the future. Faith is believing we already have it now. The eyes of faith sees the answer has already happened. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my say, and let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they or life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. The word of God is. Notice the scripture said, let my words not depart from your eyes. Many people fail because they see themselves failing. You can see yourself failing, you can see yourself making it. You say, wait a minute, what if it don't work? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that for you. If you're going to see yourself dying, you will. Well, that's really not an option. So why not go God's route and see what you can't see and believe the Bible? You say, well, what if I die? Well, you are going to die anyway. I'd rather die in faith. Thank you all. 
We're living in troublous times. You need to walk by faith right now. I'm doing good. They see themselves. If they're sick, they think of themselves as dying. God's word says Jesus took your infirmity and bore your sickness. If the word does not depart from your eyes, you are bound to see yourself without sickness and disease. You will see it. That is where you have hooked up. Now, how do you know you're in faith? Because you're smiling. I'm going to show you how you can tell when you are in unbelief. You're sad. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because... Listen to me. I, I understand you have bad days, I, and I, I get it. I'm not. I'm not here to to reprimand you on frowning. I am if you want to walk in health. I was Lisa and I did a funeral. We did Tom Copeland's funeral, Sharice's uh, funeral yesterday. Tom Tom's daughter died of cancer, and. Um, there was a girl there, a young lady, and, and she uh, has been given a diagnosis by the doctor. I didn't say anything to her, but I'm watching her. I, she's sitting there at the table like this. I'm not condemning, but I'm going to show you something. What she won't. She wants pity. She wants pity. How are you doing? Oh, my God. I heard about it. Oh, my God. I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. No, you're not. You're killing them. Thank you. Pray for me. No. Wouldn't do any good. Don't, don't get mad at me. You, do you want to get healed? Listen to what I'm preaching. I'm not saying that it isn't true. I'm saying it's not truth. Jesus said, you can have what you say. By his stripes... Himself bore my sin. I don't have any. I don't have any. On his own body, on a tree, he took it all. I don't have any. I'm forgiven. I'm washed. Having died to sin so that I could live for righteous. Righteous people don't die. Jesus didn't get sick and go, boys. We're not going out today. God, oh, the flu hit last night, and we're going to cancel the crusade. Now, you, 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 don't, you know that ain't in the Bible. Why? He's righteous. What are you? Say righteous. When's the last time you saw yourself? Hey, devil, what you doing? Don't put that on me. 
I'm the righteousness of God. You put your stuff on me, you take it next door, lay that in door, you don't go here with your mess. You don't put it on to Jesus, you don't put it on me. Do you see it? Because if you don't, if you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. By whose bruises you were healed. What does that mean, stripes? What does that mean? The he, in, the, in the Isaiah 53, it says, by his bruises. Now listen, I'm going to read it to you right now. He was bruised for the iniquity, and by those bruises you're healed. What is the key to healing? Your sin is gone. Sickness is a result of sin. Well, I ain't got no sin. Laid my sin on the cross. How can you give me something that I don't even have the root for it? Well, that's your sickness. Ain't my sickness. See, anytime you're believing God, He brings up your past. What past? When's the last time the devil said, You ain't gonna get healed? And you said, I wasn't trying to. And, and listen to me. This me. You see that? See that? See that? That's me. See, sometimes you need to show somebody the Bible and go, let me show you me. I'm I'm fixing to start preaching real good. Y'all just hold on. When Jesus was a boy, Gabriel didn't come in the bedroom at night and go, "Uh, little Jesus, uh, sit down. I'm going to teach you who you be. He said, who you be? I'm Gabriel. Oh, I'm Jesus. Glad to meet you. You are the son of God. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, open up your Bible, and I'm going to show you something. No, that's not how it happened. How did he find out who he was? He went to church. The preacher's up there preaching on Isaiah, and Jesus is back there going, that's me. And he's reading about Joseph, and he goes, that's me. Then he's reading about David, and he goes, ha, that's me too. And by the time he got 30 years of age, he walked into church and went, somebody give me a Bible. I'm going to show you me. And they tried to kill him, and he went, ha, 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 that's me, baby. See, I know who I am. Now, let me tell you something. God wants you to walk into church. And when somebody opens up the Bible and says, by his stripes you're healed, I want you to look up and go, ha, that's me. I'm blessed coming in. That's me. If God is for me, who can be against me? That, that me. Oh, glory to God. You the righteousness of God. Oh, that me. That's how you find out who you be. I'm doing better amen than y'all. Listen to me. There's only one way to find out who you are. Is what's in the Bible. What does it say? What did God say? You're not who the doctor said you are. You ain't even who your mama said you are. Unless your mama knows God, she don't know who you are. She said, you're Leroy. You said, I'm a child of God. <laughs> now, my sisters, they watch this program sometimes, Rob and my sister. And, uh, you know, for years, I'd go home to Athens they keep bringing up about me burning Nancy at the stake. You remember when you burned Nancy? Nope. 
I never burnt Nancy at the stake. Yeah, you did. You burned Nancy. You put a you tied Nancy to a tree and set it on fire. Not me. I said, I'm a new creature. Oh, Daryl. You remember? I said, nope. God don't it. God, do you remember that? I didn't think so. I didn't either. I ain't never burned nobody at the stake. Paul said, I have done no man harm. Well, I ran over there where you killed somebody. No, not after he's born again. I ain't got no past. I ain't never killed nobody. I ain't never done what you said I'd done. Get yourself a brand new identity. All right, I'm just doing pretty good. Y'all, y'all, are y'all here? If the word does not depart from your eyes, you are bound to see yourself without sickness and disease. You see yourself well. If, however, you do not see yourself without sickness, the word of God has departed from your eyes. And even though God wants to make health a reality, he can't. Because you stop looking at the word. This is a lifestyle, folks. This, I'm going to try it. Uh-uh, you don't try it. You better do it. You say, well, it didn't work for me. I know, and seed don't work either, right? You tell me you planted corn that didn't come up when you did something wrong. Because that corn don't go, I ain't growing for you. And you don't even have to pray, oh, God, cause this corn to grow in that name of Jesus. That little corn goes, just put me in the ground, baby. I know what to do. You put the word of God in your heart. He goes, I got it now, baby. I know what to do. Now, you might think this is a silly sermon, but let me tell you something. If, do, do you think, once I found out that God could get a deer to do, to, I'm, I mean, I, I, all I'm doing is going, is me. And God's looking at Gabriel and going, you know, wait a minute, you better get that deer and you better drag him over to that tree and you better get him in that chair. And, okay, wait a minute, and, well, you, you, you got to get, no, Gabriel, you got to get the deer there. You got to get the deer. That's, why? why? That, what the T-shirt said? <laughs> if that works for a deer, I wonder what would happen with leukemia or cancer or arthritis or bursitis. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. I'm just getting started. This is going to be the healthiest church in this town. I want you to look at your family and friends and go, "Uh, I don't know about your doctor, but if I was you, I'd go to Word of Life. Everybody over there is healthy. I mean, they don't even. (laughs) Too many people pray and pray and they never see themselves with the answer. They just see everything getting worse. They keep looking at the wrong thing. They look at the symptoms, the conditions, at themselves, and they walk in unbelief and they destroy the effects of their own praying. Get your mind on the answer. See yourself having received. Constantly affirm even in the face of contradictory evidence. God heard my prayer and the word says so and then you will always get results. Now, I marked that in my Bible. Do you know why? I read that a whole lot. Why? 
Well, I just have this idea that after about a day, I just have a hard time remembering what I said yesterday. I pick up my little Bible and I read it again. And I look at my T-shirt and go, that's me. I'm going to read one more to you. I'm going to anyway. Say amen. You don't matter. I don't care. I'm over worried about what y'all think. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, re- I'm, I'm preaching myself happy, and I'm glad you came to enjoy it. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin on the deathbed, the doctors had given him up to die. He's got an incurable heart disease. He's got a blood disease, and he's paralyzed. And no one in this condition has ever lived past the age of 16, and he's 16. But he has a Bible. And this is what he wrote. I want to call your attention to one verse. Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. Many people fail because they see themselves fail. They keep the wrong thing in front of their eyes. Understanding this was the turning point in my life. Up until that time, I read the scripture, I always saw myself dead. But he's not dead. But everyone says he's dead. Doctor said he's dead. Everybody says he's dead. After I read the passage, I started seeing myself well. I began to see myself alive. He's still on the bed. I saw myself doing things I never did before because of my heart condition. I knew God called me to preach. So I started seeing myself preaching. Don't shout me down, y'all. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you looking at? You say, are you waiting to get healed to start? No. You lay lay there in the bed. I don't care what your body says. You go, I'll tell you what I'm going to do next year. And the doctor gave me one year to live. I planned a trip to Alaska. Yep. You say, what if you died? <laughs> I don't care. I want to go to Alaska. I'll go to Alaska. If I would have died, I'd die in Alaska. Well, I didn't. I climbed a mountain. I didn't die. And I went, okay, that didn't work. I had given my word to a bunch of preachers in Russia. At that time, I couldn't walk from here to the mailbox in my house without almost passing out. And they said, Are you coming? I went, Yep. You say, what if you die? I took Jordan. I never told Lisa why I took Jordan. I I took him to bring my body home. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die in faith. So they put me on a train. Y'all remember the old James Bond train? I I, I rode in one, man. You know, crazy. They're steam engines. You can go out and turn on the steam in the the car and get hot water and make tea anytime you want to. Just, Just put a tea bag in it and go in your room and drink tea. You, they don't have no food on the train, but they have hot water. And you lay in one of them little little rooms, there's a bed in there. And I'd go in there and I'd sleep 14 hours a day. I'd get up and preach. Power of God fall. People get saved, healed, and delivered, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm sick as hell. <laughs> I know y'all don't know. I mean, I'm barely moving. Be healed. <laughs> And people are getting healed. Well, I didn't die. Jordan almost did. 
he got over there in that cold weather. You know, if you get up there in the North Pole and you spit, it turn to ice where it hits the ground. Oh. It was cold, boy, that's cold. Jordan got so sick, I had, to get, I had to break him out of the hospital. I had to get him home so his mama wouldn't kill me. Well, I didn't die. <laughs> Come on, y'all. If you can't see what you can't see. You ready for another scripture? All right. This doesn't work for healing. It works for everything. Go to Matthew 9. I want you to get your Bible out after today, and I want you to start reading it like it's true. 9.18. While he spoke these things, a ruler came and worshiped and said, My daughter just died. Come and lay your hands on her, she'll live. And Jesus rose and followed him, so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman had a flow of blood. Twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. She said, if I touch his garment, I'm going to get healed. Now, she, she, if she gets caught in that crowd, they're going to stone her to death. And who, who told her that she could do that? And she just believed he said, I'm anointed. And she went, if he says I'm anointed, he's got to be anointed. Now, here's the other thing. He never knew she was there. So we know he didn't say, hey, lady, my power did that. She didn't say, lay your hands on me and believe God. I'm believing if you lay hands on me, God will heal me. She didn't say that. She said, if I just get your garment, I'm just going to suck that anointing right out of you, Jack. I'm going to get my healing. I ain't going home sick. And that, listen, and, and she got a hold of his garment. She said, if I touch his garment, I'll be well. Let's go to the next one. I want you to read it. Jesus turned around and he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith, say your faith. He didn't say I. He didn't say I did that. She got healed. He didn't even know it. Let, let, me, let, let me say something to y'all. You know you can get healed right now and God don't even know it? I mean, just reach up there and just say, I just think I'll have one of those. God goes, oh, somebody don't pull the power guard right out of heaven. Now you can do that right now. Now, he looks at her and said, hey, lady, your faith did that. Now, I want you to say this. If her faith will do that, my faith will too. See, I like something that Mark Hankins said, that, that, that he said, Smith said. Satan hasn't made a bondage your faith can't break. Yeah. Let's read on. That ain't the only story in here. Two blind men. Verse 27, Jesus departed from there, two wine, blind wine men. Blind men followed him crying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he came in the house, he is ignoring them. I mean, he, they're hollering. He just walked right on by and went in the house. And they just went in the house looking for him. Where did he go in the house? Well, you, we're going in there, dude. We're going to go get this. So I want you to look at what he said to him. He said, and he said, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yeah, we do. 
And then he says this, according to your faith, be it unto you. And they left seeing. Are you waiting on God? You ain't waiting on God. Say 1 Peter 2.24. That's me. That's me. God don't want you to make it happen. He just wants you to believe it. He didn't say, well, how are you going to get that deer to walk over the edge, stand to the right? How are you going to get that? He didn't tell me I had to do all that. All he told me I had to do was put on a T-shirt and say, that's me. We'll leave all the rest of it up to God. Amen. And how did he, how did he get that deer? After the deer, I said, by God, I could get me a tundra. <laughs> Don't shout me down. So I went and got me a picture. Not just any truck. I want it lifted. I want big tires. I want a light bar. I want it to be white. Yeah. And I got a picture, and I hung it in my office. If you ever came in my office and you looked at my truck, I said, that's my truck. That's my truck. Everybody came in my office, I said, that's my truck. I didn't have no money. He didn't say I had to have money. He just said I had to believe I had to. This is my truck. So one day I walked, I walked in there, and, I, and Mark Hankins is standing there, and I said, that's my truck. And he looked at me and said, well, go buy it. I said, that's the word of the Lord. <laughs> I went down to the Toyota dealership. And you know what they told me? We ain't got one. I said, yeah, you do somewhere. Because that's my truck. Well, we don't have no white truck. They're not even white truck in the state of Florida. I said, yeah, they said, we have a gray one. I said, I don't want a gray one. I have a white one. They said, well, you can't have a white one. There ain't a white one. I said, I have a white one that's lifted three and a half inches and it has big tires on it. And he goes, well, you can't have that. You have the gray one. I said, I have the gray one. Don't shout me down. And they said, well, you want to see the gray one? I said, oh, I'll look at the gray one. I ain't buying no gray truck. I want no gray truck. That's not what I have on my wall. I have a white one on my wall. So I went out and looked at the gray one. And I said, well, who does it belong to? And they said, well, the, the guy that works in the, in the office upstairs. And I said, why are you selling? He said, well, he's done with it. He can only put so many miles on it, and he has to sell it, and he gets a new one. I said, well, where's the new one? He said, out back. I said, what color is it? He said, white. <laughs> now, I knew there was one here somewhere. I'm, but I'm telling you, it's true, guys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing with you. I said, um, who lifted that truck? He said, oh, I had it done. I said, that's cool. Won't you show? He brought his truck out. I went, that's it? And he, I said, is that for sale? And he went, well, not really. <laughs> I've been working on that truck for three months. I said, I started believing God three months ago. Amen. <laughs> I've been working on my truck. I said, it sold. He went, No. I said, yeah, it is. And I turned to the guy and said, write it up. And I drove out in my white truck. And then Justin decides he wants a Raptor. Now listen, listen. And I told him, I told him, I said, I know what you make, you can't afford it. And he said, it ain't got nothing to do with whether I can afford it. 
And I thought to myself right then, shut up. Shut up. I told him to go down to the Ford dealer and get him a Ranger. Two-wheel drive. He said, I'm getting a Raptor. And I went, Shonda. So he goes out to Louisiana, and he's, he's waxing Mark's Raptor. And he looks at Mark and says, I don't know what he said. Mark said, you ought to buy my truck, the other one. He had a Harley Davis one. And Justin said, no, I want this one. Mark laughed at him and said, you can't even afford this truck. He said, no, I ain't got nothing to do with it for it. It's mine. Said, How do you know? He said, I laid hands on it. <laughs> Mark comes out a little while later and said, what can you afford? Justin told him. He said, all right, I'll sell it to you. Here's Justin driving a Raptor home, and I said, shut up, Daryl, just shut up. <laughs> Never tell your son what he can, he can't have if God told me to have it. <laughs> I got to tell you another story on Justin. I'm just going to tell you stories. I, I got all kinds of stories, and I, and I got all day. Justin used to work at Friday's. What would you make? Seven an hour, eight? Seven or eight an hour. One day I said, how much you make? He said, seven an hour. I said, how much you make? He said, seven an hour. I said, how much you make? He said, seven an hour. I said, how much do you make? He said, seven an hour. I said, how much do you make? And I read Mark 11, 23, and 24, and I said, how much do you make? He said, seven hours. I said, Mark, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall have it. And he went, ah. He said, I make 10 an hour. I said, okay. Well, it wasn't long after that that you left there and went to work where Josh Brown was. What'd they pay you? 10 an hour. I walked up and I said, how much you make? He said, 10 an hour. And I said, how much you make? He said, 10 an hour. I said, how much you make? 10 an hour. I said, how much you make? He went, 12. Happened too, didn't it? Yeah. And then he went to 13. I said, see, after you do an hourly thing, jump to the end of the year. Just say 200. I'm having a good time with y'all. I hope y'all are enjoying this because I'm showing you how this works. And it works for anyone, anytime, anywhere. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Is this good? If you, if you talk like this around people, I want you to get ready. They're going to think you're kook. You just need to watch who you talk like this around. When, I'm shoot, when I was shooting competition pistol, after I, my first month there, I was novice. I didn't know how bad I was. You shoot competition, you'll find out you can't shoot. I walked up to targets, and there's no bullets in them, and I know I slung something at them. And I started using this, and I went to marksman. And when I made marksman, someone says, what are you? I said, sharpshooter. Are you lying? No. I am a sharpshooter. And it took me a while, and I hit it. <laughs> 
I took the test and I made it. They said, what are you? I said, expert. Now, you understand, if you don't know what I'm doing, I'm not lying to you, so don't get all bent out of shape with me. Oh, you just told a lie. No, I am. I remember the day I made expert, and I said, what are you? I said, master. And I started beating every master in the club. And I thought, if this will work with a gun, my God, it would work on cancer. It'll work on your finances. Say, I have money. My business produces so much that I have to give it away. Say, I have favor with God and man. Y'all are doing good. All right, let me show you this. I want you to see it's in the Bible. I don't want you to think I'm making all this stuff up. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. We all with an unveiled face behold in a mirror, say Bible, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. How do you get the image in you? With this book. This book is a picture of you. Of who you really are. It's the only place you'll find who you are. The only way Jesus knew who he was was the word of God. God doesn't lie. He said, you are the healed. I want you to defy every devil in hell to tell you otherwise. I am the healed. You say, how is that going to work? Don't know. Don't care. Not my job. I didn't, get a, I didn't tie the deer up and pull him out of there. I just went and sat in a chair with my T-shirt. Can I tell you another story? I mean, I, I, want, I want you to get this so much that when you leave here today, you're like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm about to have the best days of my life. So I'm going to tell you another story. When I'm going to Ramah, I'm get, I got a cassette tape by a guy named Kenneth Copeland. And you know what? He's talking about flying airplanes. I got an idea. I make $20 a day. He can't afford no airplane. I can't even put fuel in one. But I didn't say nothing. Mark 11, 23 and 24 didn't say if you have money for. It didn't say nothing about no money. So I'm on my way to Georgia, and I had a Honda Civic. And I went out, and I opened up the car door, and I loaded my luggage, and I got in it, and I rolled the window down. And I said, clear, prop. And I cranked it up. And I backed it out and I called the tower. One, two, three, four, Honda. I'm as serious as I can be, guys. And I got out and I taxied out to Garnett Drive. And I called the tower and said, one, two, three, four, Honda, ready for takeoff. Eastbound to Athens, Georgia. Level at 5,000 feet. And I took that Honda off. I rolled down a bull band. That Honda cooled me in the air. 
only in my soul. I flew that car home. That policeman stopped me one time and said, you think you're flying? Yep. <laughs> Never mind. He didn't really. I'm teasing. But from that day forward, every time I got in that car, I hollered clear prop. And one day, this church, before I pastored it, called me to come preach to the teenagers. And they handed me 50 bucks. And I went, that's Shonda. That's a flight. And I went down to Orlando country and I handed it to Mark Redmond. And I said, he charged $10 an hour and the airplane $28 an hour. And I said, I want to go flying. He said, you ever studied? I went, I don't know nothing about nothing. He said, get in. And I flew for one hour. He gave me a log book and I went, I'm a pilot. About a month later, someone else gave me another $50. And I went, ha, ha, ha. June 1st, 1988, got my private. After that, someone gave me $1,500, got my instrument. Then I went and got my multi. But see, I was a pilot when I flew that, that Honda. I hope y'all are listening to me. And you may say, well, you just, you just live in a fantasy world. Yeah, don't wake me up. Now, I don't want to hurt y'all's feelings, but now you know why I don't come to the elderly meeting. Because y'all walk too slow. Pastor Dale? Yeah, I don't do that. I have to keep up with Lisa. I know you do. You're a beautiful old woman, what you are. All right. They have good food. <laughs> all right, all right. I got one more. Second Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Everything you need in life has already been placed on the inside of you. We are hard-pressed on every side. Eh, no matter. We're not crushed. We're perplexed. <laughs> not in despair. Persecuted, we're not forsaken. Struck down, we're not destroyed. Sure, we care about in the body of the dying Lord Jesus. We don't care. We're always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. We don't care. So death's working in us, but since we have the same spirit of faith that David had, according to what was written, I believe and therefore I spoke, I believe and therefore I speak. I, they, I believe and I speak. Now, you know, I... I I, I, when I get to heaven, I, I'm going to, I, I've got to watch the David Goliath video. If you want to, come to my house. I'm going to run it, I'm going to rewind it, I'm going to rewind it. And, 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 and I just, do y'all have any idea what's going on in this guy's mind? Send me a man. He'd been a warrior since he was a boy. He whoops 20 guys at a time. He's never lost a fight. And a kid Steps out and goes, I'm going to take your head off. <laughs> what? I mean, he irritated him. <laughs> no, I done killed a lion and a bear. And I'm going to kill you too. He's, he's a kid. He don't even have pimples. He don't even have face hair. 
Saul looked at him and said, you want to use my armor? And he goes, eh, it's too big. I don't know nothing about it. Imagine if a kid, if a kid whoop a giant, what can you whoop? Everything. Aren't you glad God didn't say, find the guy on steroids, get, where's Arnold Schwarzenegger? We get him in here. No, God goes, oh, we're going to whoop a devil. Find me a little boy and put my anointing on him. Let me tell you something. The kids in the children's church have more faith than y'all. I mean, they're in there believing God. I come out in the name of Jesus. Eight-year-old kids, come shine. We've had children in this church go home and lay hands on mom on drugs, praying for them to be healed and delivered. I'm about done, I think. I'm not out of stories. Knowing that he who raised Jesus from the dead will present you with it. Verse 16, therefore we don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Our light affliction is only a moment. It's working a far more exceeding eternal way to glory. While I'm not looking at things which are seen, I look at things that are not seen. The things that are seen, that stuff is temporary. I'm looking at eternal stuff. Let's tell you one more story real quick. In the Old Testament, you have the people are building the Tower of Babel. The Bible says God came down to see what they were doing. And then he makes a statement, nothing they've imagined is impossible. Now, all of y'all are old enough to remember Dick Tracy. There ain't no way in the world you can talk to a watch and talk to anybody unless it has a cord on it. But Dick Tracy didn't have no cord nor antenna. He was just talking to his watch. And we thought, that's cool. Well, some sinner saw that and went, I don't want to make me one of them. If a sinner, God said a sinner, nothing you imagine is impossible. We're not talking about a Christian. They're out there doing, Elon Musk thinks he's going to Mars. I want to tell you something. You give him some space, he'll probably do it. I don't think it's McDonald's when he gets there. But he... One day the Lord showed me the future. He asked me, he said, you want, to see, you want me to show you how you're going to get around during the millennial reign? I said, yes, sir. He said, you're going to fly bubbles. I went, fly a bubble. He said, yeah. You would get in a bubble at your house and go wherever, and it's all voice activated. Get in the bubble and go, take me to church. And he said, you want to know how it's going to work? I said, yes, sir. He said, it's going to work on the, um, the magnetism that's in the earth. The, the earth, there's magnetic forces, and then you're, you're going to learn how to take the forces and make them disappear on one side of the bubble and make it suck it to where you're going. And you get in, and all you do is tell it where you want to go, and it does it itself. Then after that, someone sent me a picture that spiders, when they throw their web out, the web is controlled by the magnetic forces in the earth, and spiders fly. They do it now. 
It ain't the wind. It's the magnetic forces in the earth. And they just kind of take a little rope and stick it out there, and they just jump off the limb, and it takes them where they want to go. And the spiders are smarter than we are. Not really. But that's how Spider-Man does it. But listen, listen. All things are possible to him who believes. All things. Anything. If God could just ever get you to get your head lined up. You know, you know what happened to adults? They grew up. And kids are sitting around going, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be an army man. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a nurse. When you get older, you're going, I'm just going to see if I make it to work. (laughs) Say, this is me. This is me. Say, I am the healed. I am the blessed. I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am blessed coming in and going out. God causes all men to give to me. But everything I put my hand to shall prosper. I am healed. That's who I am. That is all God needs you to do. The fight begins now. Not to get it, but to hold on to what you just said. God never asked you to heal yourself. He never told you to make it happen. But he said, according to your faith. Now listen to me. There's not a person in this room, I don't care what you're going through, you cannot have a better day. You say, well, what happens if it doesn't happen instantly? I don't care. It's happening. Say, the healing power is working in my body and bringing about a healing and a cure. The greater one lives inside of me, and he is now sending life into my body. I am the healer. You say, is it that easy? Yeah. Yeah. You got saved that easy. You got born again that easy. You got filled with the Holy Ghost that easy. Why would the rest of life be hard? There's nothing hard about all this. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed preaching today. You know, I woke up this morning and thought, you know, I just want to, I'm going to go in there and just, just lift these. I just want to lift everybody in the building up. Send you out happy. Watch what you watch. I, 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 know, I know what Biden's doing. Who cares? What about the Middle East? Ah, glory to God. Jesus is Lord. You make sure that every day of your life, you got your eyes. Don't. Listen, keep, keep the word in your eyes. Keep the word in your eyes. 
There is nothing you'll believe God for that's impossible. Nothing. Isn't God good? Brother Hagen got off that deathbed. God, I went to breakfast that morning. Said that his, his leg, he hadn't walked in here. He's laying in bed. You're, you don't have muscles when you get up healed. Just because you get healed, you ain't got no muscles. Walked to the kitchen table, sat down. <laughs> said, I'm going to walk downtown. He had a faith fight on his hands. And he lived until he was 80-something years of age. He said, hadn't had, a, hadn't had a headache in years. He said, I ain't going to have one. I thought, how's he say that? Because it's the way he thinks. It's the way he sees. Does this help y'all? I don't want y'all to walk out here and go, boy, that was simple. No. I have no idea how God got that dear old man. That's the coolest thing. That's just cool. If I'd have he'd do that with a deer, he'd do it in a lot of areas. Andrew Womack's got a book out called Imagination. You may think that's a crazy book. It's not. God needs your imagination. And he needs you to keep your head screwed on straight. Amen. I'm going to pray for all of you. Heavenly Father, right now, sit in this room. I pray there's people who are battling with sickness and disease. I know that. But I'm going to say this right now with my mouth. I pray over them right this minute that the healing power of God starts working in them right now. And they understand that nobody could use their faith better than they can. Their body responds to their mouth. I pray that starting today, they begin to see their future as good. They'll see themselves dead. They'll see themselves dying. They'll see themselves no Satan, no more. No more in Jesus' name. Just take your pictures and get rid of them. Get them out of here. I call them healed. I call them whole. I call them blessed. There's people in business right now, and the business isn't doing good. I say they have more, more work to do than they know what to do in Jesus' name. I say we have favor with God and man. And whatever anybody's going through right now in this room, Father God, I'm asking you to turn it around, but I'm asking you to give them a vision to where they can see as of right now what they can't see. And I pray that you show it to them in the Word. Allow the Word of God to start painting a picture in their soul. And as they see it, they will go to what they're looking at. In Jesus' name, say, my best days are ahead. I don't have time right now, but I want to do something. I prayed for a woman in Arizona who the doctor told her, you can't have children. I'm in a building, and I, I said, is there a lady here that wants a baby? And she screamed, I do. I said, nine months, you'll have a baby. She screamed and jumped and ran and shouted all over that building. And, she, and she's, she can't have babies. They called me nine months later. She had a little boy. You remember that? I don't care what doctor told you. God says you can have a baby, you can have a baby. Some of you girls need to sit down and go, I got me a good husband right now in the name of Jesus. 
Get a picture of a good one. Don't go draw no ugly guy. Don't take the first idiot that comes down the pike. I mean, just make sure he's the one you want. You got him. This is my man right here. I'll know him when I see him. Lisa told somebody one time, they said, you think you're going to marry Kenneth Copeland? She said, yes. They said, well, you ain't married Kenneth Copeland. She said, yes, I am. When I came along, she said, hey, Kenneth. And I said, that's me. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.